0: Let's go! Hey everybody, I have tried to do this episode like 58 times. I'm having I'm having a day. I'm having so many mistakes. I'm just not gonna do the intro. I'm just starting right in with the actual content. Um, if you want the content without any ads in it, join the Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/runjumpstomp. You can join for as little as a dollar. If you want to. Watch the show live. Join us over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. I also leave the video up after the fact whenever I make those, uh, or whenever the video is there as well after the fact. Uh, let's get started. First off, I want to pay my respects to Rick May. If you don't know who Rick May is off of the top of your head, then that you know that wouldn't really surprise me. He He was a voice actor, and a lot of times voice actors just don't get the... I don't want to say respect because that's not really what I'm I'm talking about. They don't get the accolades as uh, regular actors do. And it's probably because you know, when you see them, you, they have a different face every time. So people don't necessarily recognize them. For instance, I was very surprised to find out that the guy that plays Bender in Futurama is the guy that plays Heidegger in Final Fantasy VII Remake? That was a surprise to me. Uh, so, uh, if you didn't know who Rick May was, well, let me tell you who he was. He was the guy who played Peppy uh, Peppy Hare in Star Fox sixty four. Remember, do a barrel roll, all right? That's him. Well, he he died uh, recently. Uh, from uh, complications uh, related to coronavirus, which is very, very sad. He was also uh, a a school instructor and he was also the voice of the soldier in Team Fortress 2. He was in Age of Empires 2 and was the narrator and the voice of Genghis Khan in that game. Uh, So, you know, He had a long list of cool things that he did, and now he is gone, and I just wanted to pay respects to him uh, by letting everybody know about that. Uh, Let's move on and talk about um, JRPGs. You know, I mentioned a few minutes ago, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've been playing that game a lot. That game is awesome. I'm having an absolute blast with it. I'm still very, very early on because I've been very busy and having trouble Carving out time to sit down and play that game, mostly because when I want to sit down and play that game, I want to make sure that I have an extended period of time. That's kind of how I am with JRPGs. And, um, you know, I'm not here to talk about that particular game so much as just JRPGs in general. They take a long time, they have a big footprint on the amount of time that you're going to be playing the average. JRPG. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we don't have that particular game on the Nintendo Switch. However, um, I guess Final Fantasy VII, not remake, but Crisis Core, there's rumors that that's coming to Switch. But let's not get into the rumors. Let's focus on something that we know is coming. That's Xenoblade Chronicles. The remake of Xenoblade Chronicles started out on the Wii, was then ported to the 3DS... But only the new Nintendo 3DS. It actually was pretty good, although it, you know, on that that screen is kind of garbage. I think it was 240p, and so it didn't look very good on that screen. Um, in addition to the game coming to the Nintendo Switch and being upgraded and upresed, and you know, by all accounts, if you look at the the footage that we've seen from this game, it looks pretty damn good uh, graphics wise. I think the graphics are very, like they've redone the textures and the textures look great. They didn't redo the models, but they redid the textures. And I think overall, the textures look really, really cool. And I'm a fan of the series. I liked Xenoblade Chronicles. I liked Xenoblade Chronicles X and I loved Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So I am kind of looking forward to Xenoblade Chronicles being able to play it on the Switch instead of playing it on my little tiny screen of my new Nintendo 3DS. Well, one of the things that we found out recently with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which is what they're calling it on the Nintendo Switch, is that it also has an epilogue or bonus content, um, which is very, very cool and in that bonus content we have now gotten a little tiny bit of information the the um the epilogue is called future connected and it begins one year after the main game ends so this comes from a tweet from nintendo of europe it says Set one year after the main story, Future Connected is a new epilogue chapter included in Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. It's available right from the start and can be experienced at any time. Now, I don't really understand how they're able to pull that particular experience off where it takes place a year after the conclusion of the story, but you can play it concurrently with the story Anytime you want. I mean, sure, they can do it as a flash forward, but what what it makes me wonder is how well are they going to be able to do that without giving me any spoilers to the story? Because while Xenoblade Chronicles is a game that's been around a while, I, you know, it wasn't a huge seller on the Wii. In fact, if you go out and try and find it on the Wii, it's pretty tough to find a cheap copy of that game, which is another reason why it's awesome that it's coming to the Nintendo Switch, uh, because now you'll be able to play this game without having a huge uh, expense by having to buy that. Uh, But it's, you know, it's hard to find a copy for the Wii that is not super expensive used. Um... So it's not a super popular game, although the series has become more popular over time, but the first one was not a huge, super popular game. So the, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't know the story. And to those people, I say, I hope that Future Connected is built in such a way that when you start it up, it either says, Hey, this is a post credits kind of thing, or they've done it in such a way that it doesn't spoil anything. Either way, I think it's cool that we're getting that extra content. And uh, I look forward to playing it. I don't know if I'm going to buy it when it first comes out. I'm currently playing Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I anticipate that's going to take me forever because games, like I don't, I just don't have tons of time uh, to uh, play games. I'm usually too busy talking about games instead. So uh, we'll see when I end up picking up Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, But there you go. We've got some new news on it. Come back here, you overgrown fuckball. That's our Donkey Kong. Nintendo, uh, shipments of the Nintendo Switch have not been happening for a while. There have been shortages pretty much everywhere, but those those shortages started in Japan. They've been going on for quite a long time now. I think I first reported on, God, I hate using that word reported because it makes me sound like I think I'm a journalist, which I am not a journalist, uh, but I first told you guys Uh, about the idea that Japan was going to be experiencing shortages, I think, at least a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Well, it looks like the shipments to Japan are going to uh, resume. This comes to us from Japanese Nintendo, who they often will translate uh, Japanese news about Nintendo. Great website, by the way. They, They don't like... They don't put any extra nonsense around it like I do. They just give you the translation, basically. So here's what they had to say on their website. They said, Nintendo have announced that Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite shipments in Japan will resume this week and thereafter after being suspended last week. Now, like I said, they have been having trouble getting them in Japan. I wasn't saying that there were no shipments over there. Uh, anyway, the pictured Animal Crossing bundle will see further shipments towards the end of April. Nintendo advise customers to check in with each retailer regarding potential stock of Nintendo Switch consoles before ordering. The My Nintendo Store will accept pre-orders for customized Nintendo Switch set on April 15th with deliveries expected from late April to mid-May. If you don't know what we're talking about there... You can go to, Nintendo has the ability, in Japan only, for some reason, for people to design their own Nintendo Switch, meaning that you decide what color Joy-Cons come with your Switch, what color, um, um, I guess strap rails? I don't know what else to call these things. The little things that go on the side of your Joy-Cons when you are playing with them not attached to the Switch, um... You get to pick those colors too. I think it's really cool, and I don't understand why they don't do it here as well. But uh, over in Japan, you can—you're uh, going to be able to start doing those orders again. Uh, the pre-orders for the Animal Crossing uh, are going to reopen on a- April 27th, and those deliveries will be made in mid-May. However, it says right here on the actual website quantity is expected to be limited so if you are in Japan and you want to start ordering guess what you're gonna to have to like hover over that button now we do have listeners that download the show in Japan I, most of my audience is in the in the, in the English speaking uh, in the primarily English speaking countries however we do have people downloading the show from all over the world and people do download the show in Japan. So if you are listening to this in Japan and you uh, are looking to order another Nintendo switch, we have a, a a tool to help you in the discord if go to runjumpstomp.com/discord and in the discord which you can if you're watching the video you can see it on my on my screen over here uh, but in the discord there is a channel called, uh, now in stock and if you see that there is something in stock that is a hard to find item post it in the now in stock uh, channel because that will let other people know who are interested in picking it up that uh, that it is available uh, so again that's runjumpstomp.com slash discord uh, let's talk real quick uh, about Animal Crossing. I've been talking about Animal Crossing a lot because I have been obsessed with that game. Not as obsessed as some people. It's funny, we were talking in uh, in Twitch chat before I started recording the show, and there was somebody in chat said that they had three over 300 hours, and then we did the math, and it turns out that in order to have that many hours, you would have to have been playing for 12 hours a day since the game came out roughly and they said yeah that's that's about right uh so i'm obsessed with animal crossing not that obsessed i I've, I've got my three star island i got all of my um all of my villagers uh kk slider came to my island and gave us a concert the credits rolled i have finished animal crossing new horizons i think after 80 hours or so which when i saw that i was in i was blown away that i had already spent that much time in that game uh the game is amazing and i recently recently uh i so yesterday i recorded a review and uh, i put that together and the re- the review for Animal Crossing New Horizons will be on this podcast feed tomorrow. If you don't want to wait until tomorrow, I uploaded it to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash run, jump, stomp. It's about eight minutes long, and it's it's just, you know, my thoughts about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, there's some good, there's some bad. It's a wonderful game, but man, they've got some some things that I think that they need to fix. Uh, but again, that's on my YouTube channel, or you could just wait until tomorrow and uh, I will have it right here as a bonus episode. I'm going to try doing that more often, these little bonus episodes uh, on, my, uh, on the, the actual podcast feed. Um, Shadow Wolf 216 in chat is uh, telling me that the things that you clip on your Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons when you are using them um, not attached to the Switch are called Joy-Con straps. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Sometimes I'm just not all that bright. Uh, speaking of animal crossing, there's this ridiculously cool website. <laughs> when I saw this, I was blown. Actually, there's two websites that I want to tell you about. One of them one of them I might not re- remember the name of off the top of my head cuz I didn't plan on talking about it today. Um one of them a lot, I think it's called turnip.exchange if I remember correctly, and I used it 2 days ago to sell my turnips for 400 and some uh, bells apiece, uh, which I wish I hadn't done because then our, you know, our our king of retro games, Johnny Link, yesterday had his island selling them for I think it was over 600, which is insanity to me. Uh, So I, I, I 597 is what he said. Yeah, I cost myself basically 150 bells per turnip and I had a an inventory full of turnips to sell. So uh, it's not a big deal. Like I said, I'm at the end game now of Animal Crossing. So I have plenty to do in the game. Uh, But anyway, speaking of Animal Crossing, turnip.exchange is this website where you can go and people can say, hey, this is my island. This is the price for my turnips. If you come, uh, please leave behind a stack of bells or something like that. Um, The person who I was visiting asked people to leave behind two stacks of bells or two Nook Miles tickets. I ended up leaving two two Nook Miles tickets because I have 50,000 Nook Miles tickets because I haven't gone to an island in ages, uh, or Nook Miles. Um, but, but it's a cool website. Now, the other website, <clears throat> excuse me, the other website is called Nookazon. <laughs> and it's really, really cool. Basically, it is a website that allows you to trade with other players for items that you want. For instance, there's a lot of people out there that are looking for a a certain uh, like kind of table. I can't. I think it's called an ironwood table. I know that I'm looking for that because I need that in order to make some cool kitchen thing. And I don't have the ironwood table. And there's people who are looking for that kind of thing. Well, basically. On Nookazon, you can click on like DIY recipes that you need, you can click on fruits that you need, or fossils that you need, or even villagers that you need. So let's say that I really, really want to get a certain villager. Uh, so I looked on here, and I was like, all right, what kind of villagers are they? And they have lots of different kind of villagers. I'm going to say that I want a frog, and that's that's just for my buddy Vaxor, who's in chat, who's... uh. Uh, one of our one of our mods here in chat, and I'm gonna look for frog. Where is it? I can't find it. It is alphabetized. I don't know why that was so difficult. And then as I scrolled down, I was like, oh my god, there's a frog that is a robot, which is perfect for Vaxer. And if you want to get this uh, this particular villager on your island, then you can contact this person in order to help you do that. And that's really, really cool. Now, the way that you trade villagers, I watched a video about this last night. The way that you trade villagers is you ignore that villager for an extended period of time and you talk to every other villager on your island until that villager is depressed. And then, you if you want somebody, if 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 somebody wants that particular villager to come to their island then you talk to that villager and they're like, I think I'm going to leave. And you say, yeah, go ahead and leave. Don't forget to write or something like that. And then you have your friend come to your island and talk to that villager and then they will go to their island. It's really cool. Uh, This is a a brilliant site and I wish that I had uh, thought of it myself. This is fantastic. That being said, you know, there's nothing on here to stop people from scamming you out of your bells, but I mean, it's just bells. So at the end of the day, who really cares? I'm, sh- I'm sure that there's people out there that do care, but <clears throat> I'm not one of them. It's a cool website. It's called Nookazon. You can find it at nookazon.com. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant. All right, let's move on. Nuts for Nintendo. I already mentioned my YouTube page. If you uh if you if you already subscribe to my YouTube page, then you probably already know about this. But there was a firmware update, and it's a pretty big update. Um, it added some really cool stuff. Uh, the update is 10.0. And one of the things that it adds, first off, and this this is in my opinion the most important thing, is the ability to move files from the internal storage to your SD card or the other way around so if you have a game that you want to download that is too big for your SD card because your SD card is too full and it's too big for your internal storage because your internal storage is is almost full But if you were to be able to combine the empty space on your internal storage and the empty space on your SD card, then you could install it. Well, then all you have to do is move the files from one space to the other in order to make room for this game that you want to play, which is super awesome. And it should have been included from the beginning. Uh, Up until now, if you ran into this particular issue, what you would have to do is delete those games. And then once those games were deleted, download the game that you wanted to play. And then if you wanted to have those games that you just deleted back on your Switch, you had to re-download them in order to basically... It it was a huge workaround and it was was not a fun process. I had to go through it a couple times because my son does not have a giant SD card in his Nintendo Switch. I think he's got... 128 gigabytes, which you know it's it's not awful. I think it's it's the sweet spot as far as price versus um uh storage size, but you know, because he has 128 gigabytes and he you know he has big games on there that he wants to play, games like Fortnite and Paladins and stuff like that. When he gets a new game and he wants to install it, sometimes we have to do the old shuffle. And now it's going to be a lot easier to do that, that uh, data shuffle. In, in addition to that part of the firmware update, there's also, this one is the one that I think most people are most excited about, even though I'm not particularly excited for it. And here's why I'm not particularly excited for it. And that's uh, button remapping. So at a system level, We can now remap our buttons so I can make the X button, the Y button, the Y button, the X button. I can basically put any button I want anywhere. Here's why you might want to use this. Let's say that you've got a younger kid who is constantly taking screenshots. You can now make that screenshot button not take screenshots. That's pretty huge. That, that will stop them from doing that, which means now you don't have to go into your Nintendo Switch and delete all of those screenshots or recordings that they're constantly taking. Another reason why button mapping is great is because maybe you use a third-party controller, uh, maybe for accessibility reasons or just because you prefer a different kind of controller, and the buttons are not in the right spot. So when it tells you to press A and you look down at your controller, A is not where it would be on a Nintendo system. So what you actually have to do is in your brain say, oh, well, it means to press B. Now you can change it so that that's no longer an issue, which is great. However, I think the big, big problem with that is, and it's only for some games that this is an issue, is some games, rather than saying press A to do whatever, they will say, press and then they'll show the the diamond pattern of of the four face buttons with the button that you need to press highlighted. And so it's basically press the button on the right to do a thing. But if you have remapped your buttons, the game doesn't know that. And so now it's telling you to push the wrong button and you have to consciously be aware of that. What would make this a thousand times. Here, here's here's what I have to say. This is a great update. I'm glad that they're doing this. However, I think that we can improve this. And here's how I would like to improve it. All right. First off, make it on a game per game basis. Instead of being system-wide, I mean, also give me the option to go system-wide. But also, let me say, use this profile whenever I play Pokemon. Use this profile whenever I play, I don't know, uh, Dragon Quest. And use this profile whenever I play Animal Crossing. That would be huge. Secondly, allow me to share my uh, button layouts based on those games with my friends. And actually, don't even make me hit the share button. When I make a new layout automatically upload it to my profile and then somebody could say I wonder what button layouts Bill uses when he plays smash So we go that you know they go into my my profile on uh, Nintendo switch they see that I play smash they click on that and then they could just download my profile for which button layout I use and they could try it out. Wouldn't that be amazing? Or you could go into the store into the eShop, and you could say, what are what are the most powerful, powerful? I didn't mean to say powerful. The most popular button layouts that people use on this particular game. That would also be very, very cool. So those are ways that I think that they could definitely improve on the button remapping, which I think is big. But I probably will never use it for that one reason that the games might not... They're not going to know that I've remapped my buttons. And so they're going to tell me the wrong buttons sometimes. And that's going to be frustrating. In addition to those things, they also allow you to bookmark things in the news section. I don't know how often that would be used. The only reason that I could think of that ever really getting used is like when Breath of the Wild was still new and fresh, there was a, um, there was a news thing where you could get apples by going into the news and maybe people would bookmark it that way. I don't know. Uh, and then there's, uh, six new animal crossing icons that you can put as your, as your, um, uh, profile picture. Uh, one last thing and I'm not going to get into this uh, big time, but one last part or one last thing about 10.0.0 is Mike Heskin, who is, I guess, a vulner- vulnerability researcher. Uh, they were looking at um, to see what, what you could do to the Nintendo Switch on 10.0.0. And they they noticed that there was a new hardware model listed in the uh in the new firmware and then they also said three of the five new DRAM profiles are for this heart new hardware type and there's evidence of a secondary display of sorts being added exclusively on this model which sounds crazy like a switch 3ds kind of thing I don't know I, I don't know what this is that's that's like the the craziest news that I've ever heard and I don't know what to think of it. So anyway, that's, that's it for the show this week, or this, this week today, everybody, if you want to become a part of the community, you absolutely should. We've got 1200, at least 1200 people, uh, of, uh, that all love talking about video games. Uh, so get in there over at runjumpstopcom stomp.com discord and, and hang out with those awesome people. And Hey, the, the people who were in the Discord yesterday, they made like 500 bells per, per turnip yesterday because they were part of the community. You can also get a hold of me through uh, Twitter at RunJumpStomp. And uh, if you use the hashtag AskRJS on the Twitter, then I will look for that right before I record Saturday's episode. And you can get your thoughts, your questions, your concerns on the show that way. This show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you want more information about the other shows on the network, head on over to gstu.net. All right, let's get out of here. The music you're hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Thank you all for listening, uh, and thank you for Noteblock letting me me use their music. I'm out of here. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.